Good afternoon, everyone. This is Karen Main from St. Ray Fields, and this week we were on Chapter 12 of Mass Matters called Cantankerous Comments. So this is the end of this um, um, unit that they've been going over various Mass um, um, parts of the Mass and different um, um, comments about the Mass and different groups and what's been going on. So this is just kind of an overview of some of the um, various items that we sort of look at church and um, may find to criticize or um, just kind of wrapping up these whole chapters before we enter a new unit. Our author starts with a little bit of um, called Cycling the Bible. And prior to um, Vatican II, the Mass was slightly a different structure. And part of the Vatican II was to reorganize um, our lectionaries that we use for um, daily and weekend Masses. And the concept was that we would be able to educate our uh, Catholic people better if they heard more of the Bible. So the whole point is that during our daily Masses, we would hear an Old Testament reading and then a Gospel. Of course, a Psalm as well. And then on the weekends, we would have our first reading from the Old Testament, the second reading from the New Testament, a Psalm in between with a Gospel reading. And the whole concept was that in the course of three years, uh, our parishioners would be hearing um, just about the entire Bible. Well, it doesn't quite work quite that well. And unless people go to Mass every single day, this concept um, doesn't quite work. So he's just sort of talking that the lectionaries were redesigned after Vatican II, but are we really hearing, um, by hearing so many readings in one Mass, um, are we able to take in that much um, literature and try to digest that? And then our priests who are trying to um, preach on this, or our deacons, you know, how do they do this? How do they get the readings to combine? Or do we preach on the reading, or should we be once in a while preaching on just other um, Catholic issues or other um, um, areas within the church that we might need to um, talk to our people about? So there's a lot going on between the readings and the homilies, and our homilies different than sermons, and when is there a time, you know, for our priests to discern what is the best for each parish? So, um, it, there's just so many moving parts in any liturgy, and especially when our priests are pulled in so many uh, various directions in any given week for them to really um, decide what they will preach on and how they would choose to preach on it can be a very um, um, time-consuming process for them. He also, the author, was trying to um, help us to be aware that the priests are really now in this time trying to call us to our holiness, to discern our own charisms as lay ministers within the church and our calling as adult Christians. Instead of just being talked to, we're really being talked to in a way that hopefully will move our hearts and move us to action uh, to really live out this Christian faith 
that we are um, upon. So instead of just saying that homily maybe didn't work for me and so forth, we also need to work at, at finding a middle ground with what's being preached on to see how that's speaking to our hearts. And we have work to do as parishioners as well to pull from that and not just to rely on things to simply move us um, in a way that we expect them to. So as we're hearing scriptures and we're hearing homilies and we're hearing sermons, there's just a lot of moving pieces with that. Um, we also talk a little bit about the stopwatch crowd in this chapter that, um, you know, we are very disciplined uh, people and if a homily goes beyond eight or ten minutes, we get very restless and we expect this wonderful message to be given to us in a very concrete and, and very solid and very small time frame. So... You know, the difference will be between Protestants, going back to that again, is that they focus on preaching during their services. The Catholics, we focus on the celebrating of the Mass, and it goes so far beyond um, simply um, um, hearing the Word and hearing the sermon. We're also going to be receiving Eucharist, so there's a bigger and broader picture of what we celebrate through the rite of our Catholic Mass. Then um, we, he talks a little bit about um, some of the um, devotions that we um, have been downplayed since Vatican II that are starting up again, that we're starting to revive. One of them that he spends a little bit of time on, and again, he's doing a little bit of a devil's advocate here. So we're not trying to talk down um, the adoration um, or the devotion to the adoration, but he really contemplates um, the action of the Eucharist in the in the Last Supper um, as what we do when we come to Mass and that movement of, um, you know, taking that bread and wine and making it into the body and blood and the action of receiving that as Jesus would have done and distributed that to his disciples at the Last Supper versus simply sitting and staring and, and taking Jesus out of the Mass for... Um, you know, a devotional time. And he kind of wonders a little bit about the um, um, that particular devotion and even saying maybe we should stretch that devotion in a little bit. And instead of necessarily um, having a consecrated host in our presence, what about an icon? What about doing something a little bit different than that may move us the art of an iconic picture um, of Jesus may move us in our hearts in a different way than perhaps um, the host uh, might do in the same situation or being open to maybe other possibilities that can move our hearts. So I'm not saying I'm pro or con either one of these. He's just starting to open up discussion about different ways to perhaps look at some of the devotions in a modern day age. We also talk about um, the difference in masses, and I know um, there have been people that have been stepping in to usher lately for different mass times, and the biggest comment that they make is that, wow, I cannot believe the different personality that each mass time takes on. And here in our parish lately, we've been celebrating five masses, one on Saturday, three on Saturday morning, and then one on sun, uh, Sunday morning, and then one on Sunday night. 
each of these has uh, a different uh, group of individuals that like to come and worship at that time. It really is a different atmosphere, a different group, a different kind of sub-community at each of those masses. So it talks a little bit about the difference that um, each one takes and the personality um, that each mass takes on. Um, he also discusses a little bit about the parish bulletin and how, um, again, instead of doing all the announcements at the end of Mass to try to train our parishioners to go to that bulletin and how that bulletin can be a resource for people who are looking um, for other avenues of deepening their faith, um, a pastor's corner, which we do weekly, and different things from different viewpoints of even staff members um, where Betty does a little bit of a column. The deacon sometimes writes the pastor's corner. Some of our, our pastor, our associate pastor, who share their viewpoints. So we get different directions and different viewpoints from different people in our parish as well. He also talks a little bit about parish hopping, which uh, is a reality that our, our loyalty to um, a, a neighborhood parish is really changing and people now drive um, to a parish not necessarily within their neighborhood district, but to a parish that they really feel that they can gel with or that they have a greater connection to. And this has really changed again. Um, years ago, we had the neighborhood parishes um, that were very central to our neighborhoods. And now our parishes, people drive. Um, some of our Oshkosh people even drive to Green Bay to receive masses that they can connect to in a way that's um, very compatible to um, the doctrine that they're searching for. So there's a lot going on with all of that as well. He leaves us in this chapter with talking about blessing from our traditions and that, um, you know, just again, to be very open that as we become more diversified in our uh, parishes and as we continue to do that, to be open, that we should be able to bless each other's traditions and instead of being offended or politically correct and really being forced into watering down some of the things we say, wouldn't it be just wonderful if we could bless each other, wish each other well from our different places. So I leave you with um, these, this shorter message today that um, there are just lots of moving pieces within our liturgy. And again, um, this chapter just sort of tied everything that we've been kind of talking to and in kind of an overall scenario of some of the areas we continue to move with, that we are moving through, that will be ever-changing and that we continue to look at and always seek a new direction or to see how best we can serve our parish community through um, these themes. I thank you for taking time to listen today. God bless.